0: This podcast is for all the seekers out there, and I sincerely hope you enjoy. Hello, Spirit Talkers. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Brandi Bolton. This is Spirit Talk, where we talk all things spiritual. I'm so, so happy that you tuned in today. I have a conversation with Kate Flick on this episode. What a beautiful soul. I love her. I could talk to her for hours. In fact, I did. Because she has an episode where I talk with her on her podcast. Heal Here is her podcast. And I'll put the the link to that in the show notes when it's ready. We talk about all things from Holy Fire Reiki to Akashic Records. And Kate tells one of the most fascinating and beautiful stories that I've heard on Spirit Talk. Which is her pathway to this spiritual and healing path. That she's on now and how she got there. And it's quite something, I tell you what. Tune in for that. You won't be disappointed. Uh, thank you for your patience. While I had a little bit of a break away from the podcast to really plan its future, really, I, over the last few weeks, it has been spring break for my kids. I have been uh, busy at work and doing readings. Finding the balance has been a challenge, but in a good way. And I'm planning all kinds of things for Spirit Talk. There won't be a break in this podcast for some time. Lots of guests coming up and whatnot. And in fact, I have a live event. That's also what I've been using my break to plan. Two soul sisters and I, two very dear friends and I are putting on a live event in Maple Ridge, BC. If you are in the area, DM me or email me for your spot. It is on April 29th. It is in-person healing in a group setting, uh, meditation, and also intuitive games, intuitive exercises. Let's really tune into ourselves and start to get to know ourselves and take time for healing and for intuitive development. And this is this event is that all-in-one. I'm very excited. Uh, so if you are in the area of Maple Ridge or the surrounding cities, uh, shoot me a message and I will secure your spot for you. Uh, it's $45. And you know what spirit talkers for those who aren't in the area and are like, "Dang, I wish I could go." There is more for you upcoming online. I promise you that. I'm putting in work into developing online events, workshops, courses, and I couldn't be more excited. I don't have dates for you yet cuz it is still very much in the it is still very much in the works of being developed. So, I will let you know about that as soon as it's ready. Thank you for tuning in once again. Here we go. Please enjoy my conversation with Kate.
1: And you can hear me, right?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> awesome. Hi.
0: Hi. Hi. I know. Okay. I'm recording. Just. Oh, so you're like, already
1: recording. Okay. I am
0: recording. I, lo- I like to always be recording. I've learned that so much has been lost in the little first few minutes (laughs) so sometimes I do cut some things out but um hi it's so nice to meet you Kate (laughs) nice to meet you as well Brandy I know that you wanted or you asked me for some questions or if I had any specific questions and I apologize I didn't send you like an in-depth list or anything like that because you know what I really wanted to keep it really conversational and us just talking I don't want to have to force anything or focus on any one particular thing. Cause I think that we'll just really vibe and have a good discussion. What do you think?
1: No, I, and I think the universe is testing me in this way because it's my background as a teacher. I, ne- I never wanted, it's so interesting. Like I'm so disorganized in so many aspects of my life, but when it comes, when it came to my teaching, I had all these page protected binders, I needed to know exactly what I was doing. I did not like the idea of winging it. Like that made me, that stressed me out. So I was very organized with my teaching. And so I've noticed I've only been on one other podcast and it was the same thing. (laughs) Amy was like, I just like to go with the flow. I'm like, the universe is testing me because uh, like I am a go with the flow person. But when it comes to something like this, I just feel like I've always wanted structure. But I think I'm being called like this is happening to make me, make me grow. And uh, yeah, not, not have to be so tied to questions. And yes.
0: Right. I relate to you, especially in the beginning, when I would talk to people, I would be like, a little bit nervous. Like, what, what am I going to say? But I've done it enough times now where I understand that some flow just happens. And sometimes if I try to force it too much, and this is how I work, it might not be how everybody likes to do it. But if I have questions written down, and sometimes I will like have a few like I do have a few for you, but I'll just, I don't know, be focused on that and and not in the flow and not really an active listener as well as I could be. So this is like how I, I I appreciate you going with me with this. And I could sense that. You know, it's funny that you said you're you were a teacher, because I really got those vibes off you.
1: Really? <laughs> really? Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. I was like, been... oh, she she really wants to be like prepared and like maybe a little bit of a type A vibe. But I feel like were you, I don't know, pigeonholed or were you kind of in a rut of of that kind of personality where now in your career and what you're doing, you've found that that is falling away a little bit. So
1: So interesting that you're saying that. Yeah. Like I feel like I, I definitely, my whole life have just been, trying to achieve and trying to be perfect. And I mean, and there's a whole, this healing path has like revealed to me why that is the case. Like what I thought was my personality is, you know, just like a lot of people, it's your experiences from your childhood and trauma and things like that have molded who you are, you know, how you are today. But yeah, this, this healing path and what I'm doing now has definitely, made me have to kind of shift and, and make me realize that wasn't actually who I truly was. And, you know, I was doing these things for validation. And even just being a teacher, I love teaching. I love, I, I, I don't know if I should say was a high school teacher or am a high school teacher, because I still consider myself to be a high school teacher. I'm just on a leave from my job. Although I did just put in for, to extend my leave, next year for another semester and so I don't know if I if I am a high school teacher or not right now but that job I loved it but it kept I'm realizing now it kept me in fight or flight it kept my 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 nervous system dysregulated because it's a very stressful job and it's a wonderful career but it's it's, it's a lot.
0: It's Yeah. I'd imagine you're always on, you're always activated kind of thing. Right. So would you say that you weren't really familiar with knowing how to rest or how to just sink into your body in a sense?
1: Yeah, I, I'm, and I'm honestly just realizing it, especially this year, because when I took a leave from teaching in the fall, I felt such discomfort and, and I was thinking, okay, this is normal. You're, you know, you've been teaching for 20 years. It's very normal to feel this way, but it kept extending into the winter. And I've come to realize now is that my body was so my central nervous system was so dysregulated. I wasn't getting those hits of adrenaline and cortisol that I was getting on the daily from teaching because it it kept me in that chronic fight or flight and coming out of that is very uncomfortable because I wasn't, my, my nervous system wanted to go back to that baseline from, from childhood from being dysregulated. And so doing this work is very much intertwined with my own healing and I'm just healing as I go. And, and I think that that's what allows me to do this work because I'm on the path with the people that I'm working with. It's not like, I don't have it all figured out. I am healing alongside my clients and, and yeah, it's been a, a beautiful journey, but a, it's been lots of surprises, lots of challenges, but it's it's been amazing.
0: Oh my goodness. I love that so much. And I couldn't agree more that the personal development path really is so linked with the spiritual abilities. Development, you can't do one without the other and, and learning ourselves is like a key, key, key part of that. So would you say like once you did take that leave off of your presumably very long career, is it all that you've ever done out of, out of college, be a high school teacher? Yes. Yeah. yeah it's- so, so once you took that leave, did you, did you find that these things were coming up for healing and it just highlighted these things for you?
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, it's interesting. Like both my parents were teachers and I feel like this path, like from a very early age, I knew I wanted to be a teacher and me, I think me also leaving teaching was letting go of some of this generational, almost patterning like this. I don't know. It's,
0: it was like expectations.
1: Yeah. And they had, my parents had no expectations for me to be a teacher. My dad actually said, you know, are you sure you want to do this? But, but I just feel like I I feel like you grow up in that environment where your parents are teachers and you see that and it's part of your conditioning. So me letting go of teaching has, is representative of me letting go of some of the, of my conditioning and healing is just about peeling back the layers and letting go of those layers of conditioning. And I've come to realize this year that, that teaching is one of those layers of conditioning and whether or not I go back or not, this whole experience of leaving it and You know, not having that as my identity because it's been my identity for 20 years and it has been very healing to to step away from it. Mm -hmm. Take a moment and I don't know know if I answered, I don't even remember what your question was. I don't think I answered it.
0: (laughs) Oh, I think you did. So I saw, I was just browsing on your Instagram and I saw that you had Dr. Nicola Perez, how to do the work or no, how to meet yourself. Yes. Um, and you were placing that all over. I yeah. love her. And I just got that How to Meet Yourself workbook. I'm yeah. so excited about it. And it's such valuable information.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I am her biggest fan or stan or whatever you want to call. It. Like I've been following <laughs> her since like when she only had, I don't know, like how many thousand followers. I feel like it was even under 10K. Like I somehow she popped up on my feed and I found her and I started reading her words and I was just like whoa, like it just resonated with me so deeply, her work. And I just kind of became obsessed with her and just, you know, bought her how to do the work book. And then now I have her her meet yourself uh, workbook. And I applied, that was just like a little promotional thing they had where you could apply to do a scavenger hunt. And they sent me free of charge, 10 workbooks to get to place around because they want to spread this work this healing work
0: around the world. And so it was fun to be able to be a part of that. Amazing. Shout out to Dr. Nicole O'Para, not that she's listening, but (laughs) to all the listeners, uh, you know, check out her work because it is really valuable in this, you know, lane that we're talking about. Yeah, we're going to discuss Reiki and and Akashic Records and and things like that that are a little bit more woo. But again, I'll come back to the personal development is a big part of this. So, yeah. And Kate, you're absolutely still a teacher, I feel, and will be always a teacher on some level.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm teaching Reiki right now, so I'm definitely am still in that teacher role. And I love teaching Reiki. It really lights me up and makes me feel like I'm back in the classroom again. So yeah. Yeah.
0: In a totally different capacity, which is yeah. really, really cool. So yeah. yes, maybe a little bit of conditioning, but also yes, maybe a little bit of a calling to, be, to teach for you, right? And it's yeah. kind of all wrapped up. Definitely. Um, talk to us about Reiki and specifically, what is the difference between Holy Fire and Usu Reiki? Yeah, yeah. So
1: they're, they're similar, like with the Holy fire Reiki, we are using the Yasui, like traditional Japanese techniques, mm-hmm. but the difference is, is the energy is different. So we are using this Holy fire energy, which is a Christ consciousness energy, not in any religious way, like the ascended kind of master Jesus Christ consciousness energy. It's a very refined energy and it's an always it's evolving energy and that's what drew me to holy fire is because it is constantly evolving we're getting upgrades and so since i've been attuned to holy fire there have been upgrades where you know in march i believe it was march of last year when the war in ukraine broke out Mm -hmm. um there was a new energy that was perceived to Support the collective during that time, and to help quell the anxieties and fears associated with that war and what was going on in world events. And so that's why I love this Reiki, is because it's evolving. And and One oh, and my Siri's going on. <laughs> randomly. My Siri just that was a confirmation from Spirit. My Siri. Yes. I don't. I it's like we're. I don't use Siri ever, and so. That's weird. Thank you, universe. That was a weird, cool confirmation from Spirit. Um, But yeah, I love it because it's evolving and to to meet our needs. And it's just, I don't know, it's the experiences I've had with this energy have been transformational. And it's just the cornerstone of my healing journey, this energy, which I never expected. (laughs) Whoa.
0: So it's evolving. And it's like a Christ consciousness, so it's coming from a consciousness that is tailoring the healing energy to the situation and the a hundred
1: percent. It's a spiritually guided energy. So Mm -hmm. because it's it's a spiritually guided conscious energy, so it just it honestly blows my mind how it comes down and works. With each person, like in my classes, I, I lead group experiences as well, but during the placements, or we call the attunements placements, during those, during the experiences, it is just everyone, everyone gets exactly what they need. And that's what always blows my mind is how individualized it is and how, how it will work to help you heal what you need healed most in the present moment. And again, it's like so diff, everybody's experiences are so different because with the healing, healing is like peeling an onion. And so you have to peel back those first layers before, you know, you can get into the middle so that that outer layer looks different for everyone. So it just always blows my mind working with this energy because it is spiritually, conscious and guided and and how healing it can be
0: oh my goodness thank you so much for that explanation i've been seeing holy fire and not really known exactly what that means so <laughs> thank are you. you so
1: are you attuned to yusui right yeah yeah okay mm-hmm. and what are you
0: which courses did you take up to master level but okay. not teacher because the teacher that i used does teaching and master level Reiki, Usui Reiki in two different things. So I haven't done the teacher thing. And I I don't know that I will, but I do really, really love Reiki. And I was drawn to it for my whole life, really, to the point where it was kind of hitting me over the head. You know, when the universe is sending it and sending it and sending it and sending it to you, I'd hear it like five, six times a day. I'm like, okay, I get it. So I finally (laughs) signed up for one level one. And really, once I got to complete all three levels, I was just like, comfortable, like, oh, finally, okay, I get it. I know this. I'm attuned to this now. And it really was like a remembering when I was going through yeah. the training. Yeah, I, I, I needed to learn it for a reason. And I think it's just kind of a piece of the puzzle for me. It's not going to be my singular focus by any means, but it is really a important piece to the puzzle for me. Yeah. And, and I feel like everybody should at least be attuned to Reiki level one. Is there the same, is it level one, two, and three in Holy Fire as well? It's a little
1: bit different. We do level one and two, and then we don't have a level three. We have the master, which is, which is the, the level kind of like your level three. It's like Mm -hmm. you have ART, advanced Reiki therapy, I think what it's called so it's like a combination of art and the teaching together so the mass the master is a combination of kind of your reiki level three and then kind of teach the teaching component Yeah, and then there is karuna reiki master as well which has eight symbols and it's just karuna meaning compassionate it's this compassionate energy and yeah, I was blown away when I took that training with these eight symbols with very specific uses. It's it was just very, very healing. And and we also had the animal reiki, animal reiki one and two and the animal Reiki Master training oh as well. Oh my goodness. So, animal yeah.
0: Reiki Master. Specific yeah. training for animals.
1: Yes. Beautiful. So and that's what I'm I was trained in Animal Reiki one and two and and the Animal Reiki Master this fall. And so that's what I'm working on now is creating a course. I'm I'm create I'm in the process right now. That's what I was doing before we jumped on here is creating my Animal Reiki 1 and 2 course and it's available to any 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 person from any lineage as long as you have you do need to have Reiki level 1 and 2 from any lineage. Okay. Uh, because you need that foundational piece because mm-hmm. Oftentimes when you're working with animals, you're also working with their caregivers. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have that foundation and you're using some of the same techniques, but there's a whole new frequency and symbol as well with the animal Reiki. And it's it's really healing for empaths, this course. And Mm -hmm. I actually took it because I, well, I identify as an empath, highly affected by energies and I heard it was very healing for empaths and I don't have animals. I love animals, but I have, I've, I've suffered from a lot of allergies, but it came through to me that my allergies were cleared during the course. And I asked Mm. my Reiki master teacher and she said that this can happen. And I went to another medical intuitive and she confirmed it. So fingers crossed, we are looking, I I just have to test it a little more on some people with some cats because I love cats. (laughs) So I'm hoping to have a little Reiki cat in coming in the near future.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. That would be amazing. And I wouldn't doubt it. The capacity that we have to heal within our own bodies, especially in conjunction with using these magical, beautiful tools such as Reiki is, you know, well, first of all, it's underrated by most of society. I think healing can definitely happen. Things like healing allergies it's definitely possible. So I really hope that for you cuz I'd love for I know, you to have a little cat.
1: Yeah, cuz my allergies were they were so bad that I was like I couldn't work it, like I couldn't work out because my breathing was so bad I had to get a puffer. I was like wheezing, like it was extreme extreme allergy. And so I just anyway, I never thought I'd be able to have a cat uh, ever again ever again cuz I had them when I was growing up and then it just kept getting worse and worse. And oh. and now I do believe that it is healed, so I'll have to update you, you on that, but um, I'm hoping to get a cat soon.
0: Cool. That's so cool. Oh, what I was going to say earlier when we were talking, Ricky, I, I I feel so passionately that I wish that everybody in the entire world could get at least one level for self-healing in and of itself. And if they stop there, that'd be amazing. That'd be fine. Uh, it's okay. not for everybody to go all the way, but isn't that amazing when you first get attuned and are able to direct that toward yourself. What was like that? Like for you?
1: It was amazing because I I'm someone in the past who struggled with like anxiety and stress and to be able to kind of feel like I had control over my, my stress levels and know that I had this powerful tool in my mental health toolbox has been invaluable. And I have other tools as well that I use, you know, meditation, breath work, tapping, those are all things in my mental health toolbox. But Reiki was like, you were kind of talking about, like, it's a key piece in the puzzle, you mm-hmm. know, for, for my personal healing. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's been huge. Just give, being, being able to give myself Reiki every day. I usually I always give myself Reiki as I'm falling asleep at night. And so... Mm-hmm. It's been wonderful as well as to be able to give Reiki to my family members, like my daughters, and I attuned my husband. So he, you know, he also has this gift that he can share with himself or others. So it's really been supportive for me personally, but also for my family.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's so cool. I can tell you're a really highly, highly energy sensitive person. It takes one to know one. We see each other. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Do you think, do you think that that anxiety and inner kind of turmoil is a part of being very energy sensitive? And did it improve when you started on developing these spiritual abilities and really walking this path of becoming a healer?
1: So that's such a good question. And I haven't, I hadn't really thought of it that way that that me actually accepting, you know, these sensitivities and seeing them as gifts that, that kind of ha- has helped me with my anxiety. And, had, and it has been empowered, it definitely has been empowering to see it at uh, these sensitivities as a gift, as opposed to, you know, this is a weakness that I have, mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't struggle with anxiety anymore at at all. Like, and I mean, I've made other changes. Like for me, I cut out alcohol. I cut out caffeine. Although I do love my matcha lattes. They don't give me the the jitters that coffee gave me, but these substances were highly, uh, I was highly sensitive to these substances. So when Mm -hmm. I took out those substances, when I started connecting with Reiki energy every day and using these other modalities, I don't, I don't struggle at all with anxiety at all. Like, it's not, I used to wake up every day and be anxious before all this, like without even stepping my foot out of my bed, I could feel the anxiety in my body. And I don't have, I don't have that experience anymore. Although with some of the crazy energies lately, I have been feeling (laughs) the collective energies and just with the solar flares and everything. I, I do really have been picking up on that for sure. But, Mm -hmm. um, in my life, I'm not, I don't struggle with anxiety anymore. And that's been the most amazing, you know, <sighs> byproduct of all of this is to not struggle in that way anymore. And it's, that's such a good point is that maybe it's part of me taking back my power and, and, you know, seeing some of this, these sensitivities as well as a gift as opposed to, and, and as a power, superpower in, instead of a weakness.
0: Absolutely. That's exactly what I say. It is a superpower. And it can be difficult sometimes, but when we learn energetic boundaries and we, we learn energy work and and how to move about in the spaces that are beyond the physical world a little bit, it, it gets easier to understand that it is a superpower. Okay, so a few questions that came out of what you just said. Chicken or the egg kind of thing. With regard to you really cleaning up your body by giving up alcohol and coffee, caffeine, <laughs> cause matcha does have caffeine. So, um, <laughs> and, and you know, things like that. Did that come first or did the learning Reiki come first or what was the first, whatever the first spiritual kind of modality that you learned, what was first for you? Did learning the Reiki make you decide that you wanted to give up these things or how did that work?
1: That's such a good question. And I talk about this, um, during my Reiki training is that, this energy like this holy fire energy it's raising your vibration raising your frequency so after you go through a training anything that's not in alignment is going to fall away and i noticed that big time with relationships and i mean this can be difficult because you have these relationships and it's there's a grieving that you know comes about when you're letting go of certain relationships but I've come, you know, I've come to realize that these relationships definitely were not healthy for me. They weren't in alignment. And as well, I've noticed since I've started working with the Reiki energy habits and, you know, these substances, I truly believe that I, my vibration was raising. And then these substances, I just, they weren't in alignment with, with my highest good anymore. And, yeah, de- it most definitely was my interaction with the Re- Reiki energy. That's where I've just seen everything start to change. Because if you told me that I'd be giving up my Friday night wine, giving up my coffee, like these are my favorite things <laughs> and I'm not drinking them anymore. Like I would have told you a number of years ago, you're crazy. But right. but it's just this energy, is, it's just wild how it works that these things will start to fall away. And yeah, it was the best decision I ever made Letting go of alcohol and coffee. And yeah, I still get my caffeine from my matcha, and it has L theanine in it, which is an amino acid that helps promote calm and relaxation. And so, matcha, fun fact Japanese Buddhist monks used to drink it before long periods of meditation because it allowed them to be focused and alert, but without the, but a very calm focus. So, I can feel that. Like when I drink matcha, because I also have ADHD. <laughs> if you can't tell, <laughs> so if you can't tell through this recording, which I'm sure you can, it's really helped with that as well to
0: help me be a bit more focused without the the jitters. So, Ooh, and thank you for the science breakdown on that. Cause I definitely know the difference in my body and energy and energetic field with matcha versus coffee. So thank you for that. That makes sense. And I love matcha too. Okay. And here's the other thing that I was thinking about is when you were talking about being attuned to Reiki and, and anxieties, and you don't deal with anxiety anymore compared to pre-Reiki also did it highlight or amplify your intuition or intuitive abilities?
1: A hundred percent. And that's why I took, I, I took Reiki for two reasons. I wanted to open up my spiritual gifts because prior to Reiki, I was, I was in the Kashi records. I was reading the Kaushik records. That was kind of the modality I was focusing on. Okay, And so I wanted to open up my gifts more. And also my mom was sick with cancer and I wanted to be able to give her Reiki every okay. day. So it was kind of twofold. My reasons for wanting to work with Reiki and every training, like, especially for me, the master training, I just feel like my Claire's Opened up like I had crazy experiences. I had the this person who was an acquaintance who I'm not ever in contact with. One of their past loved ones came through to me during one of my Reiki placements with all this information, and I contacted her, and she was blown away. And I'd never had an experience like that in my life. I was like, "What is going on here?" And then just my clairvoyance, and it it just it opened up my clairs unbelievably for me and that's that is one of the things that a lot of people would would say that and I don't know if that's the same with Yusui Reiki if that would would you say that's the same with your experience
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I was already developing my um, intuitive abilities separately prior to being attuned to Reiki or starting on that but it was one of the reasons that made me want to pursue it is because I was looking for that extra boost in, in my Claire's and in, and in a mediumship. And it did that. What it did for me, I would say is, allow me to get out of my own way much easier, because I was already quite psychic. With regard to my own development for a couple of years before I started Reiki. So, but what it really did was allow me to surrender easier, get out of the way completely to be able to bring through clearer messages and, and just be okay with seeing something in my mind's eye and not really understanding it. And just being able to ask the question like, oh, I'm seeing this, what is this related to rather than trying to force it a little bit too much If you, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah Yeah, definitely yeah okay cool um hey what was the other word that you said kuma Kuma. um it was quite a quite a few minutes ago now but it was like a a different type of reiki kuma oh karuna karuna when you said that word sorry apparently i have adhd too (laughs) um when you said that word do you know what came to my mind death doula and assistance in death
1: would that apply yeah well there um i mean it's known as a compassionate reiki so that that would definitely make sense be a good setting for it eight different symbols and so all these different frequencies that can be so supportive um but yeah i could I could see why that might pop into your head, actually. Mm, Okay, cool.
0: I think that's for somebody out there. I feel this conjunction of that modality mixed with being a death doula. I don't know why. Okay, I had to touch on that because it was going to bother me. Um, Let's talk about Akashic Records. You said you started out with that before Reiki. Before we talk about Akashic Records specifically, Were you always inclined to learn about these things? How did this journey kind of play out for you? Did one day you just decide to invest in a course or talk about that?
1: Well, no, I, I I didn't believe I didn't, wasn't believing in anything. I grew up Catholic. I had, I have, I had a lot of uh, religious trauma. I would say, uh, just got to the point where I didn't resonate with anything within the Catholic church. Uh, I, you know, I was raised in a very Catholic family. My dad's from Boston. Uh, He grew up being taught by nuns. And so that was very important within our family. Mm -hmm. And I got to a point where I got, you know, out of my parents' house where I just didn't believe in anything. I wasn't going to church anymore. I just, I didn't believe in anything. Mm -hmm. And then um, probably, what is it now, six years ago, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer and then that's when, (laughs) that's when everything changed. Wow. So yeah, like I, I actually had a crazy experience that, uh, an acquaintance of mine had passed away from melanoma, which is the most aggressive form of skin cancer. And Mm -hmm. I was at her funeral and I got what I could only call some type of divine intervention. I just heard it might like during the funeral Mm -hmm. it was so sad and she had like a two-year-old son it was just a very sad sad funeral and then I just kind of heard you need to go to the doctor and get this mole checked on your leg whoa and so after the funeral I went and called my doctor and set up an appointment and he looked at my my mole and said well I've seen a lot of melanomas. It's not melanoma, but I know you just lost a friend, so we'll we'll get you to the specialist. So I didn't get to see a specialist for six months, and I live in Canada. I live in Prince Edward Island, Canada, the smallest province in Canada. So we do have free healthcare, which is wonderful, but sometimes it takes a long time to get these yes, things. It does, which is yep. the the downside. So it took six months um, to get it removed, and and the 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 man, the doctor who removed it didn't think it was melanoma either and then fast forward it was melanoma
0: holy which is
1: crazy and so I had to have surgery like lymph node removal had to have a skin graft like I have a big huge piece out of my leg Uh, I had to have like 100 staples in my leg it was pretty significant surgery and and that be that was like a rock bottom moment for me because the, the life I had been living was not in alignment with my soul, my soul's purpose. And I feel like my guides, the universe were trying to get my attention in so many ways, but I was not listening. I was teaching full-time, two young kids burning the candle at both ends, staying up like till midnight, sometimes two in the morning, preparing for lessons the next day. Cause I was teaching new courses. I was just on this hamster wheel, super anxious, like in fight or flight 24 seven and I wasn't doing anything to change. And then I got cancer and that just rock bottom, it just exacerbated everything. And I remember whenever um, my husband had to take a week off work to take care of me and then he had to go back to work. And then he took me to my parents' house where because they had to kind of look after me because I couldn't move around. Mm-hmm. And I had to wait for 10 days to get the results back to find out if the cancer was in my lymph nodes. And at that time, it was only like six years ago, but at that time, the only way to remove melanoma was through surgery. They didn't, like, it doesn't respond to chemotherapy or radiation for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Now they're using immunotherapy, but at the time they weren't using immunotherapy. So it was a bad, it would have been a, wasn't a good situation if it was in my lymph nodes. It would have been a very, it, it wouldn't have been good at all. Um, mm-hmm. so I was just like faced with my mortality and all this other anxiety that had been building up over all these years that I wasn't dealing with. And then my mom asked me if I just remember sitting in this chair and I'm like been an athlete my whole life and, um, play basketball at university. And so sports were a big part of my life. And I used to run or play sports to relieve relieve anxiety, but I was stuck, immobilized, just being consumed with anxiety. And so my mom said, do you want to try tapping? Which I thought was totally out there, like EFT, emotional freedom technique, tapping. I was like, no, I'm not. Like in the past I had said, I'm not trying that. And then I was so, I I just was so helpless. I was like, yes, I'll try anything. So I did the tapping and I felt I felt the anxiety decrease, like I felt some relief. So I continued to tap for those weeks, like I was off work for six weeks. And, and I within those 10 days, I found out I was cancer free, which was amazing. But then moving forward, you would think Oh, cancer free, you can go on with your life. But there's just so many follow up appointments and the, you know, the fear of cancer coming back. And so I really anchored into some, like the tapping, but was introduced to breath work and meditation. So became very interested in mindfulness and, and meditation and all these things. And so that became my passion. And then whenever, because my leg I had, because I had surgery or sorry, lymph nodes removed, I was having swelling because you can develop lymphedema. Mm-hmm. Nothing was helping with it. I was in a lot of pain with my left leg. Mm-hmm. So I went to a Reiki appointment because I, and I never would have been open to it. And I was like, I'll try anything at this point. The tapping opened the door. Tapping opened the door and <laughs> Reiki was there, ready to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, and that's another thing. I went to the Reiki for my leg for physical healing and I left feeling such an improvement in my anxiety. And so from there, I was getting Reiki sessions. I wasn't trained in Reiki. And then my mom, then this is, few years later, a couple of years later, then my mom got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And so I started, I don't know why Akashic records just started coming into my awareness. Mm-hmm. And I read the book, I read a couple of books on it. And then I started going into my records and, and just trying to get messages for my mom, mm-hmm. just like to provide her with like support and to help her feel better. And so that's what my focus was. Like I had, it was Akashic records. I'd gone to some Reiki appointments, but I'd never considered really at that point being attuned, you know, doing Reiki myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And then as I was doing the Akashic records, I just realized like, okay, I can do Reiki to open, open up these gifts more and to help my mom even more. And so that's how, yeah, that's how I came to Reiki.
0: I had no idea we were going to get such a story. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. And congratulations for being cancer free. I hope thank your mom as you. well.
1: No, my mom passed away in April of oh, last. So it's almost a year years. ago. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. But, um, she, yeah, I was able to give her Reiki and palliative care. And so yep. that was, you know, it's a beautiful gift to have that you can, it can help people transition can help people transition humans transition and to be able to be to be able to provide some comfort during that time was a,
0: a definitely a gift
1: mm-hmm. so
0: absolutely yeah. and and maybe that's why death doula popped into my head uh assistance yeah. death is that you had that experience with your mother hey i'm curious why would she of all people be bringing you tapping? You said you grew up in a Catholic household was she open to this the whole time how did how did your mother come across tapping? That's such
1: a good question. So my mom was chronically ill my whole life like she had uh fibromyalgia and she had she was a teacher but she had to quit teaching when I was in grade two because she just my mom was sick most of my life. And so she had to, my dad was very Catholic. My mom was raised Protestant, but my mom was always open to all, everything spiritual and religions. She would go to prayer groups with the nuns, but then be doing, be open to all this, you know, new age things and tapping and, um, very into mindfulness and meditation and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. So those were parts, those were things that helped her deal with her chronic, illness her whole Mm -hmm. her you know that she was dealing with her whole life so and I saw her use these tools but I just never was open to them I just never she made suggestions but I just wasn't ready I guess wasn't open to them until I hit a rock bottom and had no no other choice I feel like my guides were like is she gonna listen one of these times like they just kept trying (laughs) to get me to go on this path and I was so resistant but Yeah, but I'm here now.
0: It's all that matters. Like you totally understand being hit over the head with it by the universe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like this girl won't listen. So we're (laughs) going to really have to take her down right now.
0: (laughs) I think most human beings can relate to that. It's like we're we're born with a a stubbornness and a forgetfulness of how powerful spirit can be and, and what we have the potential to tap into. Most people don't know that until they discover it through a spiritual awakening or something like that, which you kind of got hit with a whole bunch at once there. Wow.
1: Yeah. It's been a, been quite the, there's been a lot of growth in the last number of years, that's for sure. And I look at my life now and compared to what it was like 10, well, even five years ago, but 10 years ago, it's just my, it's, I'm unrecognizable. And that's the thing is like, I'm so different now and it's just it, it's hard because you have friends you know that you've known your whole life and during other parts of your life and it's just like i feel that i've changed so much and i don't know i they probably i feel like some people are like what is this girl doing now but yeah. just cuz it's been such a change but yeah
0: yeah, and it's hard not to think about what people must wonder, and yeah. and I'm sure that sometimes your brain does what mine does is, well, she's she's gone batshit crazy. That's what yeah. people are thinking. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? And and you mentioned that off the top is relationships change with awakening experiences and with really stepping onto a spiritual path and a healing journey. Relationships change, and usually it's for the better for us, right? Definitely. Yeah. It, 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 it has always, it, it always
1: is in my opinion or with my experiences, it's always been for my highest good. Even if I can't see it in the moment, it, right. it has been. Yeah, yep.
0: exactly. And it allows more room for new people to come in who are more in alignment with our journey and our vibration, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Amazing. So Akashic Records, that's amazing. And I, I, I love to talk about that you read books on it and then started doing it for yourself and for your mother who was ill. That's like, what better reason could you have? But you must have really, really got something out of that because now you do it and have offerings for people to do Akashic record. What do you call that? Akashic record reading? Akashic well, record. I just, I
1: combine the modalities of Reiki and Akashic records. So I, I offer Akashic Reiki so that, they receive the Reiki uh, healing session in conjunction with me opening their records. And then I channel through information for them and answer questions. So it's kind of, I like it because we can, we can get that guidance, but also provide healing during a session. So I find they pair the modal those two modalities pair really well together, in my opinion, <laughs>
0: Right. Yes. And I like how you combine them. I do find that a lot of Reiki practitioners or people who do offer Reiki find it difficult to separate out the other things that come through, through their, through their clairs and through their abilities. For example, like Akashic records or intuitive channeling messages or angels or past loved ones and doesn't mean they have to combine them, but what lucky clients that you have! Because I think I would want them combined personally.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I find most people do want the guidance piece. I, I I feel like that's really something that people are wanting right now is having some guidance and support. So I I do think that yeah, it's nice to have that the, those messages coming through from the Kashik records for support mm-hmm. and extra healing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, the world is going through a lot on a collective conscious level, right? Yes, <laughs>
1: De- <laughs> definitely. Yes, most definitely. And that's why I feel like, yeah, more and more people are needing support and services like that you're providing and that everybody in the spiritual community are providing are going to be needed more than ever, just shifting into this new earth and this new level of consciousness and new frequency so yeah
0: these these types
1: of services are very needed in my opinion right now
0: yeah we're in agreement there's a lot of people who are just getting hit over the head with it and realizing oh there's more to this thing called life and there's a lot of little newbies out there who it can feel really discombobulating and really like you're going a bit nuts so the spiritual support is like a breath of fresh air and when you hear about other people who have gone through things and and that's why I do like podcasting and having people on because it connects us it makes us feel like we aren't alone because we certainly aren't so thank you thank you for all that that you do and and why podcasting for you you have a a podcast what is it called it's called Heal Here with
1: the alliteration, Heal Here. I'm like, sometimes it's hard to say. I'm like, maybe this wasn't a good name, but.
0: That gives me Ram Dass vibes.
1: It's funny because um, a message that has been coming through in the Akashic Records a lot is be here now. And for me, and I didn't, I'm didn't, i not even familiar with Ram Dass' work. Obviously, I know I've heard of Ram Dass, but I've never really, I don't know, read any of his work. And then a friend who's also, who's a psychic medium, she, she mentioned, Oh, that's like, be here now. That's Ram Dass. And I'm like, okay. So I, I bought a, his book called be here now, mm-hmm. of course it's sitting beside my bedside table with the 25 other books, like stacks of books that I haven't Thanks. read yet, but it, but it's on my list. Thanks. ADHD. Um, <laughs> right. Oh yeah. ADD, yeah. And I'll read a part like the <laughs> Akashic records books I bought. I didn't read them all the way through. Mm-hmm. I just read parts of them. And I did take a course, I actually did take an Akashic Records course um, yep. with, uh, it's, it was Ashley Wood, but she's married now. Ashley, I, I always say her name wrong, H- Himalayanan, I think is her name now. She has a line within, Is she has like a spiritual company and a podcast. Oh, cool. Um, Anyway, and hers is kind of a new, it's like kind of the new Akashic records in that, like she has, we use a different prayer than I learned originally from Linda Howe. And we are kind of channeling Palladian energy specifically. And so I do find, I have a lot of star seeds that are attracted to having sessions with me and readings with me um, that they just find me randomly find me or hear about me and then book a session. And then I, I see that connection a lot because it is, Palladian
0: energy that I'm that is channeling through. So ooh, okay. Yes, the right people come, right? It's it, we attract a certain type of person, and it has to do with what our personal experiences are and that they relate to that, but also what kind of energy you're channeling through. So if you're channeling through, what did you say? Lumerian
1: uh Palladian. Palladian.
0: If you're channeling through Palladian energy. You're going to get those star seats. Okay, I love this. So what? Okay, so I'm thinking of Akashic Records as being in the Hall of Records. How are you channeling Palladian energy? Is it one of the same where you're going into the records and channeling it through a Palladian lens? Or is it that you're channeling Palladian energy separate from Akasha? So the
1: Palladians. To my understanding, are the gatekeepers of the Akashic Records. And so I'm channeling specifically the pinnacle, which is the highest level of Palladian energy, but they're they are associated with the Akashic Records. They're like the gatekeepers of the records.
0: Beautiful. And
1: yeah, I don't like Do you think they would be
0: considered like ascended masters as Hmm. well? Or
1: I don't that's a good question. I don't know. I I never considered them to be Ascended Masters, but mm, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a question to ask in the records. Okay,
0: that (laughs) okay, cool. Can you ask (laughs) stuff like that? I've never really, I've always been drawn to the topic, but never explored this. And I will, I know it's coming for me, but I really love this philosophy stuff and I can get lost in it sometimes. And sometimes I feel like I already am channeling the records a little bit. And perhaps even starseeds. I don't really go down that starseed rabbit hole. I feel like maybe I'm a little bit scared to. Because I'll be down a deep dark hole for a long time. Because it's so alluring to me. Uh, And I have to pick and choose which ones that I'm paying attention to. With busy freaking life getting in the way. (laughs) Um, um, But are Palladians really tall creatures?
1: Uh, From my understanding. And I'm not by any stretch of the imagination an expert I don't I'm like you like I and I know a lot of starseeds come to to me and I identify as I just feel that I am a starseed as well Mm -hmm. but I Mm -hmm. I don't I'm not an expert on all the different types of starseeds but in my understanding see I haven't clairvoyantly seen um Mm -hmm. the, the Pleiadians before I think my teacher Ashley has seen them a few times she doesn't tend to see them clairvoyantly either but yeah star uh sorry tall beings with like slender fingers I've heard this before sometimes like uh I've heard some people say like blonde and blue-eyed but then I've heard other places that you know they're that it's not limited to that um the blonde hair and blue
0: eyes yeah
1: yeah look at my okay My fingers are very oh I have huge fingers hands.
0: Very, I have huge hands. <laughs> I have like like very huge hands. I put them I up like, to any female and they're always bigger. I have like the huge You hugest, have alien hands.
1: Yes. Yeah. I can palm a men's basketball. I have like yeah. <laughs> huge hands and they're like ski, like my fingers they're are really skinny. long and skinny. I I did play piano. My mom used to tell me, You have piano fingers. Oh so you it's must so play funny. piano.
0: Okay, so I got told the same thing, like Uh, My hands are thicker than yours, but they are very long. And I've never met a a woman with larger hands than me. Um, I'm sure I haven't just met the right women because I'm Oh, I need to do a test.
1: I want to test against you. I'm always comparing my hands. We need to.
0: Uh, We're on the exact opposite sides of the country because I'm in BC, (laughs) Western BC, and you're in in PEI. So we couldn't get much farther away from each other. But what was I going to say? Oh, the reason why I asked about that is because I've had very, I am quite clairvoyant. Like that's just how things come through for me is seeing uh, seeing and knowing. So the reason why I asked if they're big is because I've seen really tall creatures near the halls. And I don't know if that's been in meditations or in um, dreams or what. And I don't know why it just popped in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah. I think I've seen Palladians.
1: No, yeah, I- <laughs> I do think that they tend to like to present as tall. I just realized I have seen what I believe to be Palladians. I just remembered right now is Mm -hmm. during some of my Reiki trainings and placements, I'll have all these experiences. And a lot of times it's just kind of like a movie. It's like very clairvoyant. And I've seen, and I've intuitively known they're Palladian and I've seen for me, I've just noticed them as being these blue beings. Mine Um, were blue
0: too. Mine were blue tinged. Yes, of, not fully blue, so, but blue tinged. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Let's. Get but really I don't weird. see them.
1: I don't. When I'm in the records for a client, I don't tend to ever see. I'll see things clairvoyantly for my clients, but I, I've never seen the presence of what I like. I feel the presence of of the energy, but I haven't really yeah. seen it during a reading so. as it's
0: happening. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, um, and that's probably good. Cause it might be really distracting. Yeah. I think, I think it would be distracting. Yes. yes, definitely. That's funny. You say that. Okay. Cause when I got uh, my Reiki three attunement, I don't even know if I've talked about this. My mom's calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to X off my phone because it was going to bother me. Um, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast. It, it, it's a little hard for me to be so weird. It feels really vulnerable. And by weird, I mean just, you know, extra woo. But I got to remember who my audience is, for the love of God. Yeah, um, okay. So uh, uh, when I had my thir- three attunement, there was an alien there of some kind. or and, and I don't even know if it was an alien, if not just a different type of a creature who is of a different plane. I don't know what it was, but uh, it was really distracting and I'll never forget it. And I have no idea what that was all about. And maybe I never mm. will, or maybe he'll come back one day and explain himself. But yeah, he was like right beside me. And um, and he was more like a, a little troll type being, but super colorful with like hair that was so vibrant and stuff like who knows but i just had to get that out there and have somebody know about it so you now know wow. about it okay
1: <laughs> i love it and honestly i've i feel like i've had those similar experiences in in my attunements as well it's so crazy how those things i don't know so much can happen during an attunement like so yeah. much so much information can come through and yeah, yeah and i think cool. it's
0: just you know the veil is Thin, if not almost gone in some way between us and other dimensions or yes. whatever it is. And sometimes it's okay for us to not fully know and just be in awe of the universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it's yeah. They talk about in, in Holy fire Reiki, we talk about the 12 heavens and they're kind of like the 12 dimensions of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And they say that the placements or the attunements and the experiences that we do, they open you up to be able to perceive, perceive these other dimensions or heavens and that these these dimensions are they're available to us it's just our ability to perceive them and so when we're in the placement or attunement then we're we're in a state where we can we're taken to these different dimensions or or heavens as
0: i call them in holy fire reiki which is so cool yeah Yep, it's so cool. Oh my gosh, we could talk for hours, and in yeah. fact, we will because I'm going to be on your podcast next. Yes, <laughs> yes, can't wait. So we're warmed up, and um, thank you, Spirit Talkers, for joining us and for listening to my conversation with Kate. And you can tune into her podcast and listen to the kind of probably this this conversation just continue, and we'll see what comes out of that. But uh, I will put the link to her podcast in the show notes with my episode as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're on a roll. Let's just go with it and flip right over to yours. What do you think?
1: Okay. Sounds amazing. Except for I need to get mine on zoom. Yeah. It's all good. Okay.
0: We'll figure that out. Thank you so much for coming and uh, I appreciate you coming on. Maybe you can come on again sometime. I could talk to you forever.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun and yeah, looking forward to having you on my podcast
0: until we meet again, friends.